Hello and welcome to the Galactic Court Podcast. My name is Chef and I'm your host as each week I discuss the latest TV episodes, films, games and whatever else takes my fancy from the worlds of Star Wars, Marvel, DC and anything else nerdy and geeky in between. If this is the first time that you found us, then please do give us a follow on our social media pages. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where I do, not always successfully, but I do try and game a couple of times a week. You can find all the links in the episode description, uh, and please make sure that you're giving the show a like, a follow, and a review on whichever platform it is that you listen or watch on. It really does mean the world to hear that you are liking and enjoying the show. Right now, we're going to get straight into the main event. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. So on today's episode, we are going to be discussing all about the latest episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion, episode five, uh, entitled Harvest. And I have a great person to chat with me all about this episode. He is a returning guest to, to the Galactic Paul that's a galactic core podcast it's just late at night and i'm definitely stumbling over my words a little bit so excuse me for that um but i've got brett scott with me who is fantastic he does the marvel plus podcast as well as has his uh his toes dipped into a couple of other podcasts that he does um you would have heard him on here before when we did our guardians of the galaxy 3 review brett is someone who i admire a lot as a podcaster um i was lucky enough to be a guest on his show as i've talked about before um and i'm very lucky enough to follow his own personal accounts on social media and get to see the, the great life that he has uh with himself and his family so i'm more than privileged to welcome to the show brett scott from the marvel press podcasts thank welcome you sir the show, bud. <laughs> thank you um Every time I hear one of your introductions, I tell myself I'm gonna I'm gonna up my intro game. Like from now on, I'm gonna and and I never do, but you inspire me to to really up my game when when it comes to intros, like introing guests and just introing the show in general. So kudos for that, and thank, thank you for having me. Do you know where I get it from? You ever seen a show called Hot Wings that's on mostly uh, on YouTube? I've heard of it. Yeah, like uh, I've seen the, clips the, from it. Mm, the guy that hosts that show, Sean, he's very well known for doing a lot of really good introductions to people, um, mm -hmm. for digging deep and asking them questions that a lot of other sort of journalists and stuff don't really ask. So yeah. I sort of model myself and wanted to make sure that I give my guests the best intro possible. And you, my friend, are someone that does deserve that. And so it's really good to, to have you back on the uh, on the show. So, Thank uh, you, sir. We've got a, a few good things to talk about today. Um it's great to see your podcast back. You've had such a long hiatus between Disney Plus shows. Yes. Which is why I really wanted to get you on when we did Guardians of the Galaxy and, and have a chat because, you know, I miss I miss hearing your voice. I miss getting to do to, to listen to your podcast week by week. And we've been lucky over the last few years that we've had so many shows to do. And you've been on a, mm -hmm. what was it, like eight-month hiatus or something because of, um, of the gap. So what's yeah. it been like for you to be able to get back in and, and get recording episodes again? Um, well, it's nice. I don't have to make up reasons to record, which is kind of what I was doing in between the series. I was like, well, I guess I'll start reviewing the movies as well. And I guess I'll start doing uh, kind of, you know, when a trailer drops, maybe I'll talk about it and stuff like that. So I kept coming up with reasons to podcast. And now I don't have to do that anymore, at least for right now. Um, it, it seems like 
we're going to have some more gaps though in between series mm-hmm. so and and movies and everything so some people think that's a good thing you know maybe kind of space it out a little bit not uh oversaturate the the marvel space um it might be good it might be good maybe uh maybe we'll get instead of some hit and miss stuff maybe we'll get you know back to the everything is quality that that marvel studios used to be um and i won't say they're not quality but um they're not top tier every time out which i feel like about phase three of of the mcu it was pretty much everything that came out was top tier like everything was amazing yeah i certainly agree with you about phase three um but yeah where do you personally fall on this thing of is it better to have, I mean, going back to, say, the Infinity Saga, where we had, like, say, three films a year, mm-hmm. and, and they're fairly spaced out throughout the year, and obviously now we've got the TV series thrown in there. Are, are you feeling like, you know, two or three films a year plus one, maybe two series is is going to be the way for them to go? Or Because I personally, I quite enjoyed, I don't want to call it, like you said, an oversaturation, but mm-hmm. I, I, was, I suppose as a hardcore Marvel fan, I was enjoying the fact that you had one series that came to an end, and the week after that, you were getting a film, and then two weeks later, a new series would start, and then the summertime, you get a film, and all that sort of way it ran, but how are you feeling about the way that they're going about it personally? Uh, personally, I, I loved having new stuff all the time. Like, I, I, I don't get tired of it. Um, obviously, I started a podcast for that reason. Like, I wanted to talk about this stuff all the time. Uh, and, and I do, even if I'm not podcasting, I'm talking to people about it. So mm. uh, I might as well be, you know, putting it out there for other people to listen to, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I I quite enjoyed having stuff constantly. But I do get it. Like, I feel like for other people, um, I think maybe it should be spaced out a little more. Just because... One thing that it does when they when they space it out is it builds more anticipation and it makes you feel like mm-hmm. you need to see everything that comes out. Whereas when they're just pushing them out series after series, movie after movie, sometimes you feel like you're making a decision. You're like, mm, should I sit this one out? I mean, do I do I really need to go to the theater for this one? Um, you know, I know it'll be on streaming in like a month and a half. So do I wait? Um, I personally am going to go to every single movie, but I get, and I've heard from a lot of people, people are picking and choosing their Marvel projects now. And, um, and I think that affects us as podcasters too, because Mm. less people are tuning in when we put out an episode, um, if they're not watching the thing, right? I have a couple listeners who actually don't watch everything, but they still tune in every week to like find Mm. out what's going on. Um, but I think the majority of people, they're not going to listen to a, a review podcast if they're not uh, current on the shows. So I don't know. I, I think for, <laughs> for the general public and even for like the casual MCU lover, it's better to space it out. But for freaks like us, like give it to me every single week. I don't I'll never get tired of it. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I could do it all the time, and I would, I would, I would not hate. Uh, I would not hate it if it was just a constant stream. Like yeah. I said, you want to keep the quality up, though. So maybe this isn't isn't the worst thing in the world. So, yeah. But um, obviously, coming up after this, um, you know, what's sort of following Secret Invasion? I know we've got Loki before that, um, but what's been sort of quoted as being the sequel to Secret Invasion is is the Marvels film. Um, we got a new trailer that's come out sort of um, yesterday. And we see, obviously, we know that Nick Fury is making it through and he's going to play a decent part in, in the upcoming film. But mm-hmm. 
and obviously Cara Danvers has got her her obviously past issues with the scrolls from her first film and I think she's going to have to obviously have some kind of resolution with them for her part or or lack of part of of the promise of finding them a new planet and stuff like that so how are you feeling about the Marvel's film coming up I'm quite actually quite looking forward to it to be fair I am as well uh it's not something I expected to look forward to honestly like uh from the outset, when I first heard about they were making a sequel to Captain Marvel, kind of the general premise, like, oh, we're going to bring all these different similar powered people together. Uh, I Once I saw that trailer, though, I, I got pretty excited. Like the first trailer that had uh, the Beastie Boys uh, mm. background music, and it just, it, it, I don't know, it worked really well, and it seemed like a really fun movie. Do I think it's going to be like um, extremely important? I don't know, but it looks like a lot of fun from the trailers that I've seen. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely one that I'm looking forward to. We haven't got too many sort of maybe big films to come out for the rest of the year, apart from obviously we've got Barb and Heimer that's, that's out this weekend, isn't it? Yes. So, um, yes. my other half is desperate to go and see Barbie. So I'm going to get dragged along to, uh, to watch that. So, but yeah, it's one of the ones that I'm looking forward to because obviously we've got a few DC films to come out, but this is the last MCU film for this year. Yeah. Um, and I know we've still got Echo to come as well in terms of, um, of a series, mm-hmm. but how are you feeling about Loki? Because to me, I'm super hyped for Loki. You know, that's going to be coming up soon as well. Um, mm-hmm. And following on, well, obviously this being a, a bigger build-up towards the end of the multiverse saga and, you know, Kang Dynasty yeah. and Secret Wars, I'm super hyped for this. I was a big fan of Loki season one. It was, I had it really highly rated. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about Loki with it sort of really bearing down on us soon? I'm excited. I, I was a big fan of uh, Mobius. Um, I was a big fan. I, I like the series. I didn't have it like at the very top, but I mean, it was up there. I really thought it was a cool series. Introduced uh, a version of Kang, and mm. uh, I, I'm interested to see. I, I wasn't blown away by Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, mm. Quantumania. Um, so I'm excited to delve back into the world of Kang and and have a show or have them show us a different version of Kang maybe, or several different versions of Kang. Uh, I really like the, the Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston dynamic. Like, I think they're fantastic together and I'm excited to see what happens in that series. Like I, I personally, I know a lot of people aren't big on the multiverse thing. And now every movie is a multiverse movie. Every series is a multiverse series. Um, but I love it. I love the idea of different versions of characters uh, living in parallel realities. I think it's a fun concept um, for anything, not just Marvel, but like anytime you're like, Hey, there's different versions. I love the multiverse. I love the idea mm-hmm. of it. And um, it's, it's just fun. And so this series, much like the first series of Loki, it, it's going to delve back into that hardcore. Whereas I feel like we've taken little breaks from it. You know, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy kind of yeah. give us a little break from it. Um, and then all the series that came before Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, there's been like big spaces between multiverse storyline uh, stuff. And I'm, I'm ready for it to ramp back up and kind of get into like everything involves the multiverse, you know, till it crescendos at the very end with uh, Kang Dynasty and then Secret Invasion. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to to get back to what is supposed to be comparable to, you know, the infinity, mm. uh, infinity war and end game finale. So I, I, 
I, I'm holding out hope it's going to be amazing. Um, it's going to be really hard to, you know, stand side by side with the Infinity Saga's ending. Yeah, definitely. That's that's going to be one of the toughest things for any film franchise to do, isn't it? Yeah. To stand up to that, you know, the combination of twenty-two films of of um of what was it like ten years, eleven years of uh, of storyline. So yeah, a lot to live up to. But like you, I'm super excited to see where they go with Kang and, and the storylines they're going to bring in. I've got to say, I'm. The, I think right now the thing I'm most hyped about has got to be Deadpool three, though. Like <laughs> that. Uh, like, and it looks like it's really going to play with the multiverse as well. Um, and by the time we get there, I mean, that's supposed to drop in May. So, um, I don't know. I feel like it's going to do, I don't know how seriously they're going to take it. I think they're going to really play fast and loose with it and like make fun of the whole multiverse idea and the, the, the Fox universe and the Hmm. Marvel studios universe kind of poking fun at the whole idea of it. Um, but it just looks like it's gonna be so much fun and I'm a massive Wolverine fan. So I can't wait to see him in, in, in costume. I can't wait to see if he if he dons the, the mask, the cowl at any point. Um, but that's probably the thing I'm most hyped about. And it's so far away. And I'm like, you know, I've got all this other stuff to watch. But I'm still like, man, I can't wait to get to that one. I think that's going to be one of the uh, the best films of 2024, without a shadow of a doubt. So I, I think uh, prediction, which I don't think it's a, a stretch at all, it's going to be the first ever $1 billion rated R film. In the history of rated R films, that's going to be the first one. It's going to just, I mean, it's going to obliterate the other Deadpool films. Mm. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to rival uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I really do, box office wise. As a rated R film, that's saying a, a lot. I'm, uh, I'm just going to drop that down and I'm going to come back to you next year and we'll, uh, yeah. we'll see if that's true. Yeah. <laughs> right, so I've got a nice little game for us to uh, to, to play. It's um, a okay. continuation of a segment that I did last week and I've decided that I'm going to do this anytime I'm reviewing anything Marvel um, with my guests, but nice little game to, to play called right. MCU or Real Life You. So the aim of this game, uh, Brett, is that I'm going to give you an MCU character and the real-life actor that plays them, and you've mm-hmm. got to decide who you would more prefer to have dinner with. Ooh, okay. And a quick little reasoning to why, um, but I've got three different ones for you, so we'll jump straight in. And the first one I've got for you is Loki or Tom Hiddleston. Okay. I think... Ooh, that is a tough one. I think... Uh... I think I gotta go with Tom Hiddleston. I was I was leaning towards Loki, but I know how much of like a massive fan of this stuff Tom Hiddleston is, and I think that him and I could have a fantastic dinner conversation that would probably go well into the night and become like, you know, closing the bar down conversation <laughs> about the MCU. So Tom Hiddleston. Nice. nice. I like that reasoning. So the next one I've got for you is Wanda Maximoff or Elizabeth Olsen. Hmm. You know, again, I think I go real life. Uh, I just watched her in an HBO Max series uh, a few weeks back. I can't, what, do you, do you, are you familiar with it? She, she plays this uh, uh, woman who was accused of murdering someone. I've, I've heard of it, but I've not been able to, to see any of it. 
Yeah, I think I'd like to be able to discuss different characters with it. Wanda would be fun too, um, mm-hmm. but I, I just think I would be too like worried that she was going to plant things in my mind or make me believe something that wasn't <laughs> true. Or um, I, I think that that's a scary idea of like interacting with her in real life with the, that power set. Yeah, I don't think you're you're wrong. Particularly <laughs> wrong about that. Yeah, good no. choice. <laughs> And then your last choice, then, uh, Yondu or Michael Rooker? Michael Rooker. 100%. Really? Yeah. See, I, yeah. I would have gone Yondu on that one, actually. So. Yondu, that would be, I mean, it. he's quite the character. You know, I think we'd have a, a hell of a time. Like I said, with the dinner and closing the bar down thing, I think he would be the type that would, you wouldn't, you would just skip dinner. You just, you just start boozing, right? <laughs> you're, you're just hanging out. You're broing out with him. Uh, Michael Rooker, though, I'd I'd love to talk to him in, in terms of like other stuff that he's done, Walking Dead. Um, I, I'd love to talk to him about his like career, and you know, he's usually a side character in things, a character actor, um, and those guys get around like they really get around in terms of like the all the massive stuff that they've been in. Even though they might play a small side character, they've done so many big projects or been part of so many big projects. I think he'd be a cool guy and have a whole lot of like behind the scenes Hollywood stories. That's a fair enough answer to be fair. I, th- I think if it was 15 years ago, I think I definitely would have picked Yondu because I would have just gone out on the piss and, um, yeah. and yeah, just had a big party up. But yeah, I think you get older, you want to have those conversations with these guys <laughs> yeah. and find out a bit more things yeah. about them. So yeah, I like it. Well, that concludes our, our, our week of, uh, of MCU or real life you. So let's move on then to discuss this week's episode of Secret Invasion, episode five, Harvest. Um, mm-hmm. So how have you been enjoying the series so far before you got to see this week's episode? Loving it. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it it's as grounded as it can be with being about an alien invasion story. I love this stuff that has to do with like espionage, government uh, secrets, stuff like that. I love, uh, you know... Uh, all the Cap films are some of my favorites, uh, especially, you know, Enjoy Winter Soldier, which is like mm. all about, you know, um, espionage and deceit. And um, this has a similar feel to it with, uh, you know, you don't know who to trust sort of thing. Um, someone infiltrating a government agency or this in, in this sense, like world governments in general. Uh, but. Yeah, I think so far i've been really enjoying it like it's not it's not my number one series uh but it's definitely in the top half for me of mcu series Uh, it's just because it's it's that type of show that's like Mm -hmm. i said it's the stuff that i enjoy it's hawkeye it's falcon and the winter soldier it fits in that same mold for me even though it has you know a scroll invasion at the center of it yeah, I mean, I've put, really been enjoying this, to be fair. Um, mm. I know I saw you post and you're like, where's all this supposed hate coming from for this show? And I'm yeah. just, I'm on you, I'm with you. I'm like, I haven't really heard, I've heard a couple of people who go, yeah, it's not really my pace. And that's always to maybe to be expected. But yeah, I've, I've only heard good things about this. So I'm like, where's all this supposed hate coming from? Where's the supposed low viewing figures that everyone's been talking about? I've not seen evidence of any of this. Yeah, well, all I, I think I was just referring to the fact that no one, is really talking that much about mm. it. Like, I I remember, and it could just be the thing we were talking about earlier with the, with the saturation of of the environment. I think that 
like when WandaVision came out. And it was the first series, so you got to give it, like, a, a little bit for that. But it was a week-to-week discussion. The internet would blow up once a week, you know, in response to the latest episode. And even with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was like that. And that's not even a, a super popular series. Um, it's one of my favorites. But generally, people rank it lower on the tier of, of, of these shows. And I'm just not hearing it. And maybe, maybe I'm out of touch somehow, but I don't know how I would be. I'm always in the conversation with this stuff. So yeah, where are the people praising it? Where's all their articles about how great it is? That's what I want to see. And I'm like, no one's talking. People are sleeping on it. It feels like not that many people are tuning in. It's definitely weird not to to see a lot of praise going online for it. I mean, in the, in the podcasting world, I am seeing a lot of praise for it, but I think maybe yeah. outside of those of us that are really into it and are reviewing it week by week, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's definitely being slept on a bit. So it's um, it's definitely ramped up in the middle. I think it was a slow burner to start with, and then it's obviously yeah. ramping up and we're getting more of the, uh, the reasoning behind different characters' actions and, and what their plans are. Do you think it's maybe been a bit short? Like the the whole plan is a bit short for a six episode series that it could do with it being like eight to 10 or 12, maybe? Yeah, I think I kind of feel that way about almost every single series. <laughs> um, obviously, besides the ones that were nine episodes, I feel like you could squeeze in one more episode. But I also like the fact that it's like short and sweet and it doesn't drag it out. There's no wasted episodes, I don't feel like, in mm. these series. Uh, there's no filler episodes, um, but I think they could. Most of them could do with maybe one more episode, um, possibly two. Because every once in a while, if like with most series on Disney Plus, it feels like with the penultimate episode when it ends, you're like, how are they gonna, f- you know, finish this in a way that is satisfying in whatever time they have, like 45 minutes or what have you that they use in the final episode. And I, I always, I wouldn't say always, but a lot of times I feel a little short change, like, man, they had to really cram all that into that final episode. And almost like this, like they set up the final episode as a finale, but there's so many plot lines that need to like come together and tie, be tied up and, and, and finish out that you're like, it's a little unsatisfying because they don't give any specific storyline as much time as it needs to wrap mm. up. They're just like, okay, this is how this wraps up. This is how this wraps up. This is how this wraps up. End of show. Um, I do think that this will be helped though, for me personally, by the fact that the Marvels is going to continue the story. So even if they don't wrap up, you know, maybe, well, where are the scrolls going to live then? You know, if, if we get to the end of the series and they don't figure that out, we've got a whole Marvels film to put that into although i don't want the marvels film to be another scroll film i want it to be its own thing i want we already got a whole scroll and kree film you know and then now we just got a whole scroll series i don't think we need uh the marvels to be about the scrolls so if they could Hmm. somehow wrap it up in there and then move on to another story great um but i do think it it will be okay with me if they don't tie everything up in this series in a neat little bow because i know there's more carol danvers stuff coming yeah absolutely yeah 
let's uh, let's jump into this week's episode then. So let's. we open up the episode with <clears throat> Fury taking the uh, the president to hospital. He's mm-hmm. obviously getting rushed into surgery, and Fury's whispering to him, "You know, it wasn't the Russians; it was the Scrolls." And yep. um, and then it almost you know he basically picks up a chair and just sits outside to the operation doors as if he's going to sit there guarding it to uh, to to stop anyone from going in. And Love then it, it immediately sort of jumps back to um, Gravik and, and his crew arriving back at New Skrullos. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, get everyone together, get the operatives together. And he basically starts addressing them. And uh, in his number two, um, Pagan or Pagan, however it's pronounced, sort mm-hmm. of challenges him essentially saying, you know, you, you haven't been able to do what you said you were going to do. The We get this obviously little drop that, they're after Avengers DNA because he's like, you know, the Avengers DNA wasn't where you said it was going to be. We haven't been able yeah. to get it. Yeah. And and obviously Gravik just loses patience with him and just Groot arm kills him. <laughs> yes. So a pretty um a pretty heavy start to the episode with the fact that he doesn't have a problem Gravik killing off his subordinates, does he? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't have a problem killing anyone. I uh I I especially like him as a villain. I think he's great. Um, um he's not. As much as I like the the gray characters, um, I'm kind of happy to see just the bad guy that we don't mind if he dies at the end. Uh, because, you know, w- with most of these films and movies, they're always like, they're, they're, there's something redeeming about the villain. Um, you know where they're coming from, so you can empathize with them. And then by the end, they, they whatever, they, they either turn them or they jail them. Uh, but I would be completely okay with killing this guy off. Like, uh, <laughs> they've they've done some real bad stuff in this like talos is dead um you know he tried he tried to kill gaia like this guy we got to take this guy out try to kill the president try to kill nick fury and and his wife like this guy is not in my eyes redeemable and i think it's good every once in a while to have the irredeemable character like just Mm. take him out you know uh it, it used to be like i would get tired of that right you you just you, the mustache twirling villain you got to take him out and that's the end um but i think we've gotten away from that for so long now that i'm okay with every once in a while there being just this just just a bad guy we got to get rid of him and we do know where he's coming from we do understand where he's coming from but it in no way excuses what he's doing and he's taking it too far so i think as an audience we're like yeah kill him just kill him he's a bad guy <laughs> Yeah, I've I've enjoyed Gravik as a, as a bad guy. Like you yeah. said, it's just nice to have one that isn't necessarily redeemed and brought into the fold with the rest of them. It's yeah, it's just nice to have a bad guy who wants to be a bad guy and mm. and do his own crap. And at the end of it, you're like, right, you just have to die. So yeah. let's find a way to kill you. Let's have that satisfying ending of that you are going to be dead at the end of it. And um, and then we can all move on with a nice clean slate and find the next bad guy to kill. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and he's, he has a genuine motivation too. That's what I, that's what I like about it. He is bad, but he's not just bad for the sake of being bad, right? He does have motivation to be the way he is and do what he's doing. It, it's just, he's taking it too far. Like we can't let that stand. It's interesting that I think his motives seem to have changed through, through this show. Cause at first it was about wanting to, to obviously cause a war to be able to wipe out the humans and take over earth and, and have that as their planet. Yeah. But, you know, as we get to the next scene, he's chatting to Rhodey and he basically reveals a change of plan. He's like, go to the president, 
Um, tell him that it was the scrolls were there with the Russians. Show him footage of New Skrullos and get him to to, you know, to basically bomb them. So yeah. um, it maybe caused World War Three still, but he's basically doing this to pull something out of Fury because there's obviously Fury's got something he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing that's referred to as the harvests, which we yep. find a bit later on what this actually is. Um, but you know, so his his plan seems to have changed in the fact that he just wants this DNA maybe for himself to, or, or maybe the rest of the scrolls as well. And in his plan to take over Earth is still there, but he just seems to to have changed everything and is willing to put everyone at New Scrollers at risk to yeah. get this DNA to turn him and others into Super Scrolls. But mm-hmm. he chats to Rody, he gives him his new orders or Scroll Rody. Um, Rody arrives at the hospital. <laughs> Scroly, yeah. Mm-hmm arrives at the hospital and he's basically sort of cornered by fury straight away and they have a nice little chat about things and um and scrody turns around and goes well any minute now you know footage is about to get released of yep. what's showing what appears to be you killing maria um maria hill mm-hmm. the world is going to absolutely hate you for this so they've completely gone all out in this episode to go well we don't really give a crap anymore we're not blackmailing you anymore we're not having little chats about it anymore we're just yeah. going to go out and fuck your reputation right up <laughs> yep yep it's it it's like uh no holds barred now he's just he wants to bring about whatever he wants to bring about he wants the harvest is what he wants and he's willing to do anything to get it and like thing is is though there's no going back from this so i don't really get the like once once you put it out there that nick fury is this guy like what why hmm. i guess it's maybe because of his wife still like I, I don't know what what motivation fury would have now to then give him the harvest is like dude before he was blackmailing he was holding it over his head like i'll release this footage you'll be a wanted man blah blah, blah. he's already now a wanted man and how does that get reversed even if he does give give over the harvest. So um I don't know. It's kind of a weird spot they've gotten into. I love Don Cheadle in this series. Like I well, honestly, I love all like most of the acting. I loved um Ben Mendelsohn. I loved um Don Cheadle, love Samuel L. Jackson. They're like killing it. Um the actress who plays Sonia, amazing. I love her. Like she is such a yeah. great character. Uh, um, I love uh, the scene that that we're probably about to talk about soon. I just love her the way she treats the scrolls. She's like, "Hello, scrolls!" And like <laughs> when she talks to Nigel, who is actually just in the background. I love that. I love how like um, cheeky she is. Right? She's like, yeah. it, it's all like fun and games. It's all a joke, and but she's completely in control, and she's sinister like they showed that with the torture scene earlier um the fact that she just shot this guy in the leg later she shoots a guy in the head which i was like i think this might be the first person to ever get shot in the head in a in a marvel studios project being it, it was a scroll so maybe that's okay when you kill aliens and robots like that's okay um but that's awfully violent this series has had some serious violence in it and i'm like mm. kind of digging it yeah, the acting from everyone has been phenomenal. Olivia Coleman yeah. is the uh, the actress that plays yeah. Sonia. She looks like she's having massive fun with the role. Mm-hmm. But did you uh, did you see the interview with Amelia Clark and Ben Mendelsohn where Amelia has done her now famous impression of what Ben Mendelsohn's like on set? No, no, I haven't. Have not seen that. 
Well, uh, yeah, she does this little impression of, of him. If you look it up online, it is quite hilarious, to be fair, <laughs> of, um, will... of, of what they do. <laughs> I'll check it out. I'm, I'm currently watching a, um, a limited series on uh, HBO Max uh, based on a Stephen King novel called The Outsider. And Ben Mendelsohn is like the star of that series. And it's fantastic just to go back and forth, like seeing Talos and then seeing this, because um, they're both kind of in this role of like, um, trying to solve a mystery. And it's, it's, it's just really cool to see him like two different things. He's a cop in this series and this series, he's like working with Nick Fury. I don't know, but I love that guy. I think he's fantastic. I love his delivery, mm. just the way, just the way he speaks. Um, I love his slight lisp, everything about the way he speaks. I, I think he's great. I love him. Hmm. So we move on then. We do get this little scene where Sonia sort of walks in on her boss. Um, and we saw her sort of researching him in a previous episode. Mm. And she's just like, I think Scrolls are all around us. And then shoots him through the hand slash leg. Yes. He drops to the floor. And obviously he sort of starts to turn back to his scroll um, nature. And everyone around is like, cool. Okay, fair enough. We've got a scroll. And I just love this little line where she's like, yeah, we don't officially have a uh, um, have any rules yet on um on what we do with our skull prisoners. But she's like, if you want me to enact my personal preference, I can do that right now, or you can start talking. Yes. Um, which was, which was a great little line, but, um, Cake or death, right? Cake essentially. Or yeah. death. Mm-hmm. Um, then we move on to, we're going back to new Skrullas and we get, uh, Beto, uh, this lad and a few of the others are sort of chatting to Gravik saying they're a bit scared. Um, yeah. and then Gravik sort of takes the phone call. And then surprisingly, Beto and some of the other scrolls, absolutely go for Gravik, attack him. Uh, yes. They're looking to beat the crap out of him. They're trying to obviously kill him because they don't agree with the tactics that he's going on um, going on now. And unfortunately, they don't exactly succeed. You know, Gravik manages to get back up and kills all of them, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and showing again his absolute ruthless side of, of, of what he's like as a villain. Yeah. First time we get to see him um, as an adult uh, in scroll form as well. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I, great scene. Great scene mm. just be, you know, with him being, with him throwing the bag over his head and, and trying to take him out. I love that there is, and I feel like they had to do this at some point in the series that there was going to be some division in the ranks. Because I saw, um, like early on, I discussed in one of my episodes that, like, that um, you know, it seems like there's far too few good scrolls that they're showing and they're acting as if every scroll is on uh, Gravik side and mm. kind of um, Talos and I guess uh, Gaia were like the only people on our side as humans uh, but they needed to show something to where there's like a falling out between some of the scrolls at least so that maybe we can see how they're going to resolve this in the final episode like some of those scrolls have to descend they have to go and, and help the humans like we don't want to do this thing that Gravik wants to do anymore. He's a madman. Um yeah. and I think Gravik being that bad of a guy like we were discussing earlier, he had to be that bad. Uh he had to be this ruthless or else there wouldn't be division in the ranks. So I think it's smart. I think it's a good uh it, it makes sense that they would do that. Um I gotta say it did surprise me though. Like the way they just attacked him, I was not expecting mm-hmm. that to happen. Um yeah they were like questioning him a little bit. But I didn't expect them to full out try to assassinate him right there. That was that really did catch me off guard. 
yeah, they're clearly obviously not enjoying uh, really working for them, uh, working for him, are they? So, no. honestly, I hate working here. They are so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um, after that, we um, we get Fury going to what looks like his uh, an old hideout from looks like it was from the flashback of like 1998 from uh, from I think episode two. Yes, and he walks in and he finds Gaia sort of sitting there waiting. Um, I always wondered, you know, how those two, how much interaction they've had over the years. But mm. to be fair, every time Fury walks into a room, I'm just like... I'm sorry, I don't want to get off on the wrong foot. Do I look at the patch of the eye? <laughs> so, you know, it's... Um, so, and this is where it's sort of revealed um, that Gravik was after the harvest. And, yeah. um, and this is what he really wants to get. And then they have a nice conversation where... You know, she's sort of like dismissing her father's death that he maybe died for nothing, and and Fury's trying to instill in her that he didn't die for nothing. He had a cause, and he was wanted to do it a certain way, and that yeah, she needs to carry that on. And I think he's obviously instilled that fire in her for for what's going to be obviously the finale episode. Yeah, I think she's the only person who can really stand up to Gravik, you know, power set wise. Like, there's there's no way around it. Um, I don't know how much they they bring in maybe the harvest into play and someone being like ultra powered. They do keep mm. really driving home that Carol Danvers is part of the harvest and like her power set is there because her blood is there. I, they, they mentioned it. They, they've mentioned Carol Danvers more than once in this series. And I think that it's not just as a callback, but I think it's setting up something to do with her powers coming into play at some point. Yeah, I think that's probably a good call. You, yep. you don't start name dropping her as heavily as they as they were doing in this episode for for no reason. So, yep. but then we get next, we get a bit more of a of good good old Sonia um, and her cheery uh, cheery disposition as she uh, finds these two scroll scientists, and it's clear she wants to learn a bit more about this DNA machine mm -hmm. um, that imbues the, this DNA into into the scrolls. And I've got a feeling then that obviously we might see her maybe in something like the Thunderbolts and, and this machine's going to play a part in, in something else moving forward. But as you said, she, you know, we get Sonia and, and whilst her cheery um, disposition is, is obviously not to be mistaken with the fact that she is ruthless yeah. and she just, she's like, I want the female Skrull. As for the other guy, you can do what you want, but bang, shoot straight in the head yes. um, in, in a great scene again. Like you said, that bit with Nigel as well. And he's like, my name's not Nigel. And she's like, oh, sorry, I wasn't talking to you. Just the guy with the gun at the base of your skull. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. Love her delivery. Yeah, she's definitely been amazing in, um, in, in this. And I really do hope we get to see her more projects mm. moving forward. Um, and then we move on and we get Brady that's going in to see the president. And informs him, informs him, sorry, that the uh, the scrolls are working with the Russians. You know, mm -hmm. shows him that the footage of New Skrullos, um, and that they've got to, got to you know do something to 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 solve this issue and and attack them and cut it off at the head. And then that sort of goes straight into Gravik calling Fury, and then yeah. having a little conversation about oh you know who's ahead of who, who's always that step ahead. Is Fury still the Fury of old? that we now know he's built obviously his spy empire on the back of scrolls really. Yeah. And so, you know, is he still that one step ahead? Um, and obviously Gravik lays out his demands that he wants the harvest or he'll have new scrollers wiped out knowing that Fury obviously has a soft spot and doesn't want to see the scrolls sort of killed off. Mm -hmm. is, um, it, is it, is it too late for that too, though? That that's, a, that's a thing because Rhodey has now informed the president and 
giving him his advice of like, you know, we got to take this out. We got to take him out, cut the head off, right? We have to do this. It might start World War III, but, you know, I'd rather start World War III than, than, than uh, have a scroll invasion. And I don't know. It's like once they've set those things in motion, how do they go back on that? Like, why are they putting it in motion before threatening Fury and trying to blackmail him into, you know what I mean? Like that, that yeah. seems kind of like, like what if, what if Fury did, he was like, okay, okay, I'll give you the harvest. Then they're like, okay, but well, we already set everything into motion. So sorry. Yeah. This is a bit this is a bit weird. Obviously the president was a bit reluctant. He's like, you know, if we bomb Russia, yeah. doesn't matter if we've got England or you know NATO behind us. Right. You know, we're gonna the Russians are gonna retaliate either way. We're gonna cause fucking problems. So yeah. it was it's always gonna be a case of, yeah, like you said, once they set that into motion, what's what's Gravik's play there? Yeah. Because, you know, what can he do? And obviously we know Fury's gonna have some sort of plan up his sleeve in terms of sure. he, he's not really gonna give the harvest over to him, is he? And and, right. and let him have that. And it's just the plan, this is where to me the, the plan starts to fall apart from Gravik in terms of what he's trying to do. Because mm -hmm. it was very clear in, in obviously the episodes up to now where he's like, I just I wanna get them to start a war against each other, kill them all off and take over. But putting new Scrollus in the middle of it and yeah. doing the things that he's done for the you know to get the president thinking that he needs to get this on the move it just doesn't that make that much sense anymore do, do you feel like that or yeah yeah he's unhinged at this point like yeah and i think it's to do with fury like i think he has such a grudge against fury that it's it's throwing him off and he's like he's willing to do whatever to get fury right to get to get fury to give up that uh i don't even know if it's about the harvest it's about beating fury at this point mm. right yeah having a one-up on fury and um I feel like it's that's his main motivation now, and so, and I yeah that's why everyone's I think most of the the, the scrolls are going to turn against him in the end. Mm -hmm. So, and that'll be the reason for it. Like he's just he's become so obsessed with beating Fury that he's lost uh, his initial motivation. It's not even there. Yeah, he's definitely getting to that unhinged villain sort of time yeah. in in the series, isn't it? So uh, we do get a nice little sort of cameo, which I think a lot of people may not have noticed. Yeah. And I forgot to write the dude's name down because I meant to look it up and then yes. put it in my notes. But the the guy from Black Widow that helped yep. Natasha out um, to, to get obviously transport and supplies and stuff, he makes a nice little appearance here. Yeah. Um, and they've really gone out to, to make some Black Widow references in this series, haven't yeah. they? I think this is the third or fourth one now that they've done. So... Not sure what the motivation behind that was, but it's nice to see random people from the past pop up yeah. again. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I I, don't know. I think maybe just putting a bug in our ears, like, oh, yeah, that movie happened. The characters mm -hmm. from that movie still are living on. We're going to see Yelena. We're going to see Red Guardian again um, in Thunderbolts. And like you said, maybe we'll get to see Sonya there as well. Like, she seems like a, a, a great character to throw in there. Um, I think she would fit well in that world. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's I, I think that's probably what the references are for. Um, unlike the references to Captain Marvel, I don't think like they're going to have anything to do with this series per se. But I do think they're just kind of reminding you, like, hey, these characters are around; they still exist. This world, even though the the Black Widow movie took place pretty far back in the past it's all still going to be relevant. So just remember Red Guardian's in the mix. Remember Yelena's in the mix. Mm. Remember this liaison 
guy is in the mix. Yeah, I enjoy these little random cameos here sure. and there. That just brings a nice little bit of enjoyment, extra enjoyment to uh, to the episode. So, yeah. But then next, I think we get some some pretty badass scenes coming up because we have, uh, I mean, just before that, Gaia had met Priscilla um, mm-hmm. in terms of obviously wanting to 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 bury or, or obviously to Talos. And they meet, they seem to be out, whether it's out the back or in a forest somewhere. Um, I described it as they're building them uh, like a pyre, like they did it with the Jedi of old. <laughs> yeah. To be able to set them alive. Yes. And they... Um, they have a little prayer sort of ceremony and, and mm-hmm. set, set in there. And then they're back at the house and she, you know, she gives us the story of how she got this house, sort of maybe building a bit more of that relationship between her and Nick and yeah. you know, why she got, bought this house and why Nick likes being there. Hey, nobody then, calls him and, Nick. No, I'm sorry. I'm a scroll. I'll, I'll admit <laughs> it right now. Right. <laughs> the real Andy's kidnapped her in, in, in a spare yeah. room somewhere. So yeah. I'll turn myself in next week, and Andy will be back. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> hey, since you brought that up, though, I did want to say this. Um, one of the biggest things I'm interested in is finding out where Rhodey is, for real. Like, is he held captive somewhere? Um, is it on Earth? Is it off planet? Like, where where is he, and how long has he been out of the picture and a scroll been in his place? Like, I hope we get all the answers to that in this final episode. I, I think we need to like is he is he uh, back in New Scrollers where they were having the other people uh, right. kept prisoner, but then the the question was brought up for me about Everett Ross from the first episode. You know, he's being mm-hmm. imitated by a scroll. Do they still have him somewhere? Yeah, um, sort of you know kidnapped in. So hopefully we'll get those answers. And well, we need to get those yep. answers in last episode. It'd be pretty crappy if they just left that sort of untouched. But yeah, we then do get this sort of to me it was quite a badass scene where. Yeah. Um, the the scrolls turn up to obviously uh to kill priscilla and her and gaia sort of <laughs> you know they they get their their sort of bags on and stuff and their their armor yeah. and they've got guns all, like john wick style almost and they yeah. the two of them are there back to back and taking out every scroll that appears in this room and a pretty badass badass little scene for me i really enjoyed this scene and kick ass like that how about you absolutely i love any kind of action sequence like this i i think I'm pretty sure these scrolls are stormtroopers. Like these are the stormtrooper scrolls <laughs> because they're not hitting nothing. They they had these big open windows all around this place, right? They they made reference to the fact that like he likes a place with a lot of light. So there's a lot of windows, a lot of sunshine coming through. That means a lot of open opportunities for someone to shoot you from outside the house. But no one can seem to hit these two. Um, I especially did like though the guy that swung through the window and was shot before he could even get in <laughs> he just lays in the window pane after they shoot him love it nice little comparison with the stormtroopers there i like that yeah they can't do that reference <laughs> <laughs> yes um speaking of amelia clark i think i found the clip i was talking to you about from the interview from where she's um imitating ben mendelson on set <laughs> all right daddy 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 what are you filming daddy come on daddy <laughs> okay, and that, right. that is a sound clip that we can use for many many things but it is technically me clocking of taking ben mendelson <laughs> yes yes uh yeah i'm sure you could use that across all kinds of uh commentaries i think it'll stay on stay on my list for a while to use, to be fair. yeah and then we come to what's i guess a bit of a long longish thing because we get fury arriving in finland yes and he meets up with Sonia, and 
it seems that they drive uh, they end up driving to where his false grave is mm-hmm. um well i don't you know they said he's got them all over the 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 world so i'm guessing it's not the same one that he that was there from the end of the winter soldier film right although obviously it's got the same inscription um on actually, there which is obviously from pulp fiction isn't it actually it doesn't have the same inscription doesn't so it? No, the one oh, okay. the, the one from winter soldier is the inscription from pulp fiction and the one in this is John three uh, thirteen fifteen, which is about laying down your life for your brothers or friends. So oh, nice. Yeah. So I think they did that purposely mm. to let us know, like this is a different one. Well, for the people who have, you know have a keen eye and are trying to find out if it's the same one, yeah, it is a a, a different inscription on. That's my bad. I, I, to be honest, didn't actually look at it really closely. I thought I just assumed it was the same one that he just had replicas yeah. of, of the of the normal one everywhere. But in their sort of car journey over there, you know, it turns out that maybe Sonya's not quite as on the ball as she thought because she gave uh, obviously some of the information to uh, to Scrody, and yep. um, and then Fury's like, "Well, he's a scroll," <laughs> and she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Well, maybe I'm not the only one that has lost uh, lost the eye of the ball a little bit." Mm-hmm. So. But we're there, they're there at obviously his false grave. And this is where we get the reveal of what actually the harvest is. Yeah. So he reveals that after the Battle of Endgame, um, he sent out a bunch of um, of people, and some of them were scrolls, obviously disguised as humans, and the lead one of these being Gravik, where mm-hmm. they collected DNA from almost all the, the heroes that were at that battle. Because yeah, he goes, almost everyone spilled Every Avenger spilt blood in this battle, even Carol Danvers. Yes. Um, so he's got a big connection. Uh, sorry, he's got a big collection there of, of DNA, and he, um, you know, he gets his false grave to open up by breathing on it, and you know, we see this clear vial in there. So I'm guessing this is an amalgamation of all the different DNAs that they've managed to get into one sample. And yeah, he obviously chats a bit more to uh, to Sonia about the fact that, you know, this is personal for him. This is why he maybe because obviously gave a different reason to Rhodey as to why he hadn't called the Avengers or anyone else to come and help him. Yeah. And here he's like, this is personal. You know, this is this is a, a personal thing for me. I need to do this on my own. We can't always rely on superheroes, which mm-hmm. is a fair point. They can't always do that and, and have them there to save them. Um, and he obviously reveals to her that his wife is a Skrull as well. Yes, and and why this obviously means a lot to him, and then with that inscription that you've obviously you know enlightened me on as well, it, it obviously adds a bit more gravitas to to the whole reason why Nick's doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling about this particular scene with the reveal of obviously what the harvest is, and and obviously the the meaning for Nick behind doing this himself rather than bringing anyone else in to help? I I've definitely been wondering what the harvest is from episode two i think when they first were talking about it like this guy was out searching for the harvest and can never mm-hmm. find it um and then they 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 reveal that they, they talk about that even more when gravik is kind of uh chastising all the all the other scrolls uh, for not following through but um i'm glad to finally see that uh i i think i th- I, I don't know what I was going to say. I, I think that um, it's a cool concept, right? The whole the whole idea of the DNA from all the different Avengers. Um, I don't know. Maybe they, I guess it was somehow revealed in background stuff in previous episodes, right? So there's a scene where Gaia is looking through the computer and it's when she, when she does uh, activate the machine and use it on herself. 
we didn't know that happened until the next episode but if you looked at the computer screen there's different things describing what each of these like things that they yeah. do have can do um i guess i just assumed that was the harvest maybe they had found it um but i didn't realize it would be a separate thing it was like the avengers like the hmm. most powerful people really including carol danvers which they drive home for a reason obviously um him doing it on his own i don't know man i'm I'm, I'm of the mind of it's like, why? Why? I, I get your, we shouldn't have to, we can't always depend on them. Actually, you, you kind of can. It's not like they're aliens. Like, um, a lot of them are from Earth. They are, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Why wouldn't they be able to help? And wouldn't this be a whole lot easier if they did? I don't know. There does seem to be something, though, about him proving himself to himself, right? That he does mm. still have it. A, a big theme in this series has been, does Nick Fury still have it? Is he still the same Nick Fury? And I think he definitely feels that. He he mentions that in this conversation too, about like, uh, you know, I guess we'll find out if I'm more than just dust. Yeah. Um, so there is some doubt in his own mind about, you know, whether he can do this and he wants to prove to himself that he can, whether that means a self-sacrifice, which it seems like that, that engraving kind of uh, foreshadows a little bit. Maybe he's going to try to sacrifice himself. Um, you know, knowing that he is going to have a part in the Marvels, kind of, it, it, it makes me question what time frame the Marvels takes place in. Just because of the way they're setting everything up, like, Fury's out in space in that uh, trailer from the Marvels, the first one, uh, when he when when the Carol Danvers, which is a place with Kamala Khan, Nick Fury is there. I'm wondering if that scene at least takes place before he gets called back to Earth for the Skrull invasion, and maybe it's, it's it could be throwing us off, right? It could be throwing us off, like, oh, well, we know he's in the Marvels, so therefore. We know he makes it through this series. But maybe the scenes that he's in in the Marvels is like previous to this. Even if the movie's not completely previous to this, maybe mm -hmm. the scenes he's in are previous to this. And it's possible we could still get a sacrifice. Maybe? It's it's something I've discussed with other guests during the you know, the course of this show. Um, and I, I did think a similar thing. You know, could it possibly be his scenes are before? But I then went against that idea, and, and the reason I gave for this is because he's basically said that since he came back from the blip, mm -hmm. he's been up to the space station. He's been there the entire time, and this is the first time he's come back down to Earth. Yeah. And in that first Marvels trailer, he is on Earth with Monica Rambeau knocking on the door of, of Kamala Khan and her family. So he, he is back on Earth. So True. if this is genuinely the first time he's been back to Earth, you know, during Secret Invasion since mm. the blip, then the Marvels has to happen afterwards mm. for, for okay. him to then still be on Earth in, in those scenes and with Monica Rambeau uh, and, you know, going to Kamala Khan's house. So that was the reason I thought about, you know, he's definitely, this definitely should be after that, which to me, obviously, then if it is, it kind of spoils the ending of this because we know he's going to make it through. There's not going to be any Nick Fury sacrifice for the cause. It's... So does it spoil it? Does it not? It's 50-50. We're not obviously going to know until November. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, my reasoning was we, we see him and and therefore he's going to make it through. What's great about this series, though, is you can't believe what you see. 
And so True. not only could True. maybe uh, Nick Fury, I wouldn't say he's going to turn out to be a scroll in this series, but who's to say that the scroll we see knocking on Kamala Khan's door, or the, the Nick Fury that's knocking on Kamala Khan's door is not a scroll, or the Nick Fury up in space is a scroll. We have no idea. So no, that's a good yeah. point. I mean, obviously yeah. we had you know Talos in um, in Far From Home playing Nick yep. Fury, so there's no reason why if it wasn't set before, right? Might be Gaia that it couldn't be. Yeah. No, I think that's fair <laughs> enough. And, yeah. Um, we shall see. We, indeed, we absolutely will do. But to me, we do get a funny ending to this episode in a way because it goes into this crypt after you know having that chat with Sonya and picking up the the harvest vial, mm-hmm. and you know, you've got the different sections where coffin should be, and basically he picks out a coat, an eye patch, and a gun from three different from three yeah. different like coffin spaces. I'm like, yeah. did you really need a whole space just to put your eye patch in? Right. Um, but you know, <laughs> so he dons dons his old leather coat, gets his eye patch, and picks his guns up, and he yep. you know, walks out. And that's that's obviously me to me is them indicating the old Nick Fury's now back. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see him donning the old uh, the old uh, threads. I, I think that that's what the series has kind of been about is like getting getting back to who he really is um mm. and being heroic um not this shell of a man that everyone seems to think he is um they really do drive that home in this series right like everyone is saying he's just not the same guy he's not the same guy mm. since the blip he's not the same guy since the snap um so that's been like a, a a theme throughout i do feel like a lot of stuff has went under the radar like man other than it being used as a blackmail tool, killing off Maria Hill seems like not even that like important to the story as it maybe should be because his his motivations right now don't seem to have anything to do with that. Like now he's you know his wife is a scroll, so he has to save Scrollos and his uh, his friend uh, who was a scroll was just murdered. Like. Man, I mean, he's got a lot of motivation. He wouldn't have to look very far for motivation to, to do what he's yeah. doing. Um, but it just seemed like the Maria Hill thing was such a big moment, and they ended an episode with it. It was like a cliffhanger ending. And, man, it almost seems forgotten at this point. So I wonder if they'll reference that much more in the series. Mm. And it's like, I feel like it needs referenced more, man. Like, that's a, that's a big, big death for a lot of people. A lot of people were upset by that. Absolutely. And with one episode to go, I think they've got, you know, like with anything, they've got quite a bit to wrap up what uh-huh. what gets left for maybe you know, the Marvel's film or anything in the future. Um, I'd like to see them wrap things up with the Scroll Council. Um, I, I think they've got a bit to maybe tie in there, especially since I want to hear Nick Fury stand in front of the, of the council and just be like... I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid-ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. You know, just saying that to them after they elected Gravik as their leader would be would be a nice little callback for me. So yes. they've got a lot to wrap up, but you know, what what are your sort of thoughts for the final episode? Much like every other series, um, I'm worried that it's not enough time to wrap up all the storylines. Um, I'm worried that some things won't get the attention that they deserve or the time that they deserve. Uh, but Overall, I've been so happy with the series week to week. I don't think there's been any weak episodes. And um, I'm confident it's it's going to be all around a good series, uh, no matter how they decide to end it. 
you can kind of guess how they're going to wrap things up generally. Um, you know, uh, Gravik has to lose. Um, he'll mm. likely die, is what I'm thinking. They built him up to be such a bad guy that it would be okay to kill him off. Um, but whether they find the scrolls a new place to live or grant them amnesty on Earth or what, whatever they do, um, whatever re resolution they come to, I think I'm going to be pretty happy with this series. I, I don't see anything that would really... Barring one thing, if it turned out that Nick Fury was a scroll this entire series, I might be a little upset by that. Because it takes all, like, all the importance of this Nick Fury hero's journey away. If they were to do something like that. I think that's the only thing that could could uh, tarnish the series for me. Other than that, I'm happy with it so far. And I, I'm thinking I'm going to be happy with how they wrap it up. Yeah, I think I'm in the same I don't see them making, obviously, Nick, um, Nick Fury <laughs> scroll at all. That would be, obviously, a completely ridiculous plot twist that, like it, you said, sucks any emotion out of it. So, yeah. But, yeah, Gravik has to die. Um, yep. I, I don't see anything more than a standoff between them and Nick Fury having a uh, a few a few little things up his sleeve in order to make sure. Because I said, you know, how do we kill Gravik now? He's got Extremis and and can heal himself. But mm -hmm. I'm I, I'm putting money on the fact that maybe Guy is the one that kills him. Yep. Um. And and comes through that final blow. If agreed. If yeah, you know, because he killed Talos, so it, it's it's a good ending for for her to have. Agreed. But yeah, I'm, I've I've loved this series. I can't wait for next week's episode and um and see what happens. Same, same. Brett, thank you so so much uh, for for coming on this week and having a chat with me um, and discussing everything about the Marvels as well, which you know we're both looking really forward to. But yep, I am always always honoured to to be able to either be a guest with you or, or have you you on my show. You know how much I love you and your podcast, so thank you so much for coming on. Tell everyone at home exactly where they can find you online. Uh, well, first of all, the feeling is mutual, sir. Um, you've really come into your own as a podcaster and you've like, you. in terms of like putting out content, like you're kicking my ass. I, I hardly put anything out anymore. You're like, uh, how many episodes a week are you doing now? Like you're, you're just not only doing, this doing one a week, but yeah, yeah. It, it feels like you're doing more because you're talking about stuff other than just this, correct? Like you're not just yeah. talking about this series. So, um, I just keep seeing your episodes, like boom, boom, boom. And you, um, your social media game is on point. I love all of the clips that you put out. It's something I keep telling myself I'm going to do, put out more clips from the video versions of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, I just, I, I never end up doing it because I like run out of time and I can't, but man, I, I, uh, I admire the dedication and the, the work ethic. You're like putting in the work to create a, a great podcast. And, uh, and I see that it's, it's, it's catching on too. I'm seeing a lot of likes, a lot of stuff. A lot of views on TikTok, um, a lot of views on Instagram. And uh, so I applaud you, sir, for uh, your podcast journey. Um, if people want to find me, uh, you can check out Marvel Plus. Uh, search any, any podcast platform for Marvel Plus or Daily BS. That's another one of my podcasts where I do entertainment and pop culture. Long Lost Brothers is another podcast that I do. It's like a raunchy bro hangout podcast where we just kind of talk shit for an hour once a week um other than that yeah you can find me on social media at real brett scott across all social medias so again andy thank you so much man for having me no problem at all. everyone go and follow, follow brett listen to the marvel plus podcast listen to uh to the bs daily podcast it's another great one that he does with uh with a friend of yours uh jesse is it jess yep. jesse yep 
definitely all worth listening to. So, but I'll be back next week where we will be discussing uh, the obviously finale of Secret Invasion. Can't wait for it. Until then, I will catch you later. Goodbye.